Welcome, all of you wine and true crime lovers. I'm Brandy. And I'm Chris. And this is Texas Wine and True Crime. Thank you for being here, friends, for this week's episode, Murder in New Boston. Hey, Chris. Hey, Brandy. Welcome to the mic. I'm here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Appreciate oh, babe. the invite. Always, always. Um, all right, Chris, we have a live show coming up in... A week and a half? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. October 15th at Farina's Winery in Grapevine. I heard there's just a handful of tickets left. So I don't know. Maybe they're sold out. I don't know. But we've got the link. So if you need tickets, let us know. And we will send that over to you. You can also go in our Facebook group and search um, Farina's and it should pop up. Yeah. It sold out last time pretty quick. So. Yes, it did. Um, and then another event, October 15th, that we're going to be doing the giveaway for today. Mm-hmm. And that is the Valley View Wine Walk, October 15th in Valley View, Texas. So good luck, everybody. Yeah, that should be a cool deal out there. Yeah, we're, um, we're kind of bummed we're not going. But I we agree. can't be in two places at once. We need Can, two of yeah. us. Can't do that. <laughs> we need to double up. <laughs> All right. So, babe, tonight we're sipping on Moscato from our friends at Cascabel Ranch Winery. Chris paired this wine with a delicious spicy dish that you will hear all about during the wine recess. You shall. All right, honey. Are you ready? There's a lot to talk here. There's there a lot is. to talk about. Are you yep. ready to jump into tonight's case? Yep. Let's jump in. All right, friends. It's time to sip some wine and talk some crime. Tonight's case happened right in New Boston, Texas. So here are some facts about New Boston. Chris, number one, there are three Bostons. The original Boston was established while part of Mexico to serve plantations along the Red River and was named for W.J. Boston. And W.J. Boston was the first storekeeper in the town. Now, when the Texas and Pacific Railroad established a shipping point four miles north of Boston in the 1870s, the new town was plated in 1876 and became New Boston, while the original town came to be called Old Boston. I have heard of New Boston, driven through it many times, never oh. knew there was an old Boston. I, so it's right outside Texarkana. Yes, it is. By the cab. Um, number two, New Boston inspired a bestseller. So in March 1866, infamous desperado Colin Baker got into an argument with several Union soldiers while in Boston. A shootout began and he shot Army Sergeant Albert E. Titus and was also shot in the arm himself. A $1,000 bounty was placed on Baker's head. Best-selling author Louis L'Amour wrote a book about Baker called The First Fast Draw. Okay. I have heard of Louis L'Amour. Uh, okay. I've never read any of his titles, of course, but I've heard huh. of him. I mean, I think he read, I wrote, um, I think he wrote Lonesome Dove. I'm not sure. We may have to Google that. Okay, that's a good Google. Yeah, it's a good Google. Number three, New Boston has deep roots. While almost every botanical garden has a ginkgo biloba, also known as the maidenhair tree, New Boston has the largest one of its kind in the state of Texas, and it's owned by Mrs. Willie Mae Morris. Yes, that's a... That's did pretty cool. Know, did not know it was known for that. That's the. It's pretty cool. That's the tree that they get the the smart uh, smart herbs from. I think for mm. brain. Uh, Willie Mae's eating it up. Yeah. So Willie Mae maybe. She might be like a hundred. The most brilliant person in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? She's living forever with that tree. Yes. All right. Well, as we know, some crimes just stick with you. So sadistic that it's hard to wrap your head around the pure evil that lives in the souls of some of those that walk around Chris in our society day in and day out. Some details are just too much to handle. This is a story of jealousy, of hate, pure planning, and the pain a family must endure 
not by just one loss, but by two. This is the murder of Reagan Michelle Hancock and Braxlin Sage Hancock. All right, Chris, um, this is a insane case. I would agree with that. To yes. say the least. Um, this is about a very, very, very jealous woman, um, uh, a very confused person. Um, I'm not going to call her a friend to the victim, but I would say the victim considered her a friend. On October 9th, 2020, Taylor Renee Parker, 28 years old, murdered her friend, Reagan Michelle Hancock, 21 years old, and cut Reagan's unborn child out of her stomach. Chris, both the mother and child passed away. The two women knew each other since Parker was the photographer at Hancock's wedding. So yeah. this is how they know each other. I, know, I still can't believe how she um, managed to successfully cut the child out of this woman. I mean, I don't know. That's just... Um, research. I know. And it's We're going to get crazy. into you that. You can research that, right? Right. And watch actually it being done yeah. on YouTube videos. On October 9th, when Reagan's husband was unable to get a hold of her, he called her mother and told her to please hurry, go check on her. While he was in the car racing there as fast as he could, he knew something was wrong. Reagan's mom goes to her daughter's house to check on her since she was due to give birth in just six short weeks. She finds a bloody scene and finds her daughter laying on the living room floor in a pool of blood. She immediately calls 911. Authorities and EMTs arrive on the scene along with her husband. Now, Chris, I'm certain the first responders in New Boston had never seen something this brutal before. Yeah, this is a very small town. And I'm not certain they're ever going to see something like this again. Because we're going to talk about Reagan's autopsy. And yeah, this show. I don't even know where you see something like this. I mean, that's what's so crazy. And yeah. Yeah. Um, she stabbed over a hundred times. They're saying the attack occurred in about four areas of the house until she ended up in her living room where she ultimately died on her living room floor. She had extensive defensive wounds all over her arms, all over her legs. She had a broken nose, several skull fractures, and her throat had been cut. Yeah, it's just terrible. Was this a... Like the ultimate brutality Yeah, of I mean, that's like somebody you're hate you know yeah I mean. um the small scalpel so they said that when they saw her right when 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 they saw her it was just really difficult to see everything that had gone on because of the damage to her body mm -hmm. so it wasn't until they took her into the autopsy room and they were able you know they clean her up and and start looking at, at the at the injuries they find a scalpel in her her throat and that was the only murder weapon that was the only yeah she will actually admit that this is the only weapon she used was hmm. the scalpel that they found um so she was approximately 34 weeks pregnant chris there was body cam footage from police showing the um ems personnel turning the body over um, and that is when it revealed a very large cut across her abdomen area. And they um, determined that the baby had been removed from the mother. Yeah. I can only imagine the blood loss from something <laughs> like that, you know? Yeah. Not only the fact of, of all the skull fractures and being stabbed a hundred times, I mean, but then you're going alone. To yes. I mean, that's just a crazy way to perish. Um, I can't even imagine the pain of, of the mother having to find her. 
I mean, I don't even, it just, it, I, it almost just breaks, I break into tears just even thinking about walking in on something like that. This poor girl had no chance, Chris. This woman put so much planning into this crime. She was going to do whatever she had to do to keep her boyfriend. It, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the trial and, and really what has been said about this case. But the fact is, is they don't even think she really wanted another kid. I mean, sure. Yeah. Why not? But she really wanted to keep the boyfriend mm-hmm. around. And um, okay, so so let's talk about this. We're going to talk about the whole scope of this case. Um, it, it, the characters that come into this courtroom and, um, and what happens. So I want to shift gears here, Chris, because this girl um, was on trial for two counts of capital murder and one count of kidnapping. This trial began September 13th. Testimony closed last Thursday. And today, Chris, Monday, October 3rd, we're closing arguments. Mm-hmm. There's breaking news. So we're going to get to that breaking in just a news. Breaking news. But we're going to get to that in just a little bit. Closing arguments happen today. All right. So let's go back to the first day in court when Parker's defense team pleads not guilty. They go in. They plead not guilty. They end up not calling one single witness to testify for their client. Chris, she's examined. She's questioned. S- several different psychiatrists have all sat with her, and they have all deemed her competent to stand trial. So no uh, insanity plea for Taylor Parker. Or, um, you yeah, know, I just, was crazy, and that's why crazy, I did this. Yeah. But not crazy, crazy. Just yeah. crazy. So competent to stand trial. Uh, in opening statements, attorneys with the prosecution said that Parker committed the crimes, um, like I mentioned before, not necessarily because she wanted a baby, because of the fact that she had lied to her boyfriend and she didn't want to lose him. So the only way not to lose him was to fulfill the lies. So the boyfriend, let's talk about him, Wade Griffin, met Parker at a rodeo in 2019. So based on his testimony, she started lying almost from the beginning. So there's a few things from the beginning that he starts to talk about in court and we can only assume, and based on just witness testimony, that she said these things because she wanted to look important and she wanted to keep him. Yeah, so you, she you, felt these things would right would do that. You never trust a buckle bunny from the radio. <laughs> buckle bunny. <laughs> All right. She says she was an heiress, Chris, and due to inherit millions of dollars. Hmm. She said she was due to collect oil and gas royalties. Um, she convinces him to invest in a truck um, with, I believe, what were hogs or pigs of some sort, cows, I don't know, some sort of livestock. I think based on some of the testimony from a farmer that we're going to hear about, a, a pig trader person um, in Oklahoma, he testifies. So I'm going to say it's hogs. So a hogs and a truck. She convinces him to put put money the into hogs this. hogs came with the truck? I think they bought both of them. Oh. She, but this was part of her plan. This was part of the scheme. She needed this to, to as one s- step closer to getting that baby. So she convinces him to buy it and that she would pay him back with the inheritance money once she received it. She also told Griffin um, early on in the relationship, Chris, that she got pregnant but had a miscarriage very early on. But is there, is that was big, a total Is there big money in hogs? I think so. Really? Hmm. Interesting. I think so. Um, the truth was, Chris, she'd been married twice, which he did know. Uh, but these two men would testify in this trial about her lies, her deceit, her creating this imaginary world, even when she was married to them. Um, and she believed everything that she told people. 
So she, they felt like she really believed her lies. Um, she's a compulsive liar, always has been, according to witnesses. But this time, she was willing to murder to keep her biggest lie yet. What was this lie? Why are we talking about this case? Because she told Wade Griffin she was pregnant with his baby and she would be giving birth on October 9th, 2020. So she had nine months to put her plan into place. That's quite the caper. And now it's time for a wine recess. Okay, babe, you made something yummy and we're drinking some yummy Moscato from our friends at Cascabel Ranch Winery. So tell us, how did the food and wine go together? Well, we chose this evening a Moscato from Cascabel Ranch, which is semi-sweet like your mother-in-law, as, as the label says. Uh, but it's, yeah, semi-sweet, uh, dry finish, uh, great little wine. And so we decided to have something spicy with it. We did cheat tonight, uh, did not really whip anything up on my own. We have, we've been doing HelloFresh. <laughs> so Just a couple, one or two nights yeah, a week. So we have um, had a spicy pork um, soy yes. bowl. Something kind of simple. It was good though. Did you but hear that HelloFresh? We're, we're, we're right. having your food on the show. <laughs> but uh, yeah, kind of a spicy, rich uh, dish with this uh, semi-sweet uh, kind of delicate wine. I liked it though. It's very good. It's very good. Um, very easy to drink. Very easy Drinking to drink. A little too much, too all quick. All of their all of their wine is so good. I agree. And they're very and they're great people. We just adore him. He he's ready to come back on the show. By the way, we would love to have him. Yeah, we are ready. He said he was thirsty and ready. <laughs> I said we are too. Two things you need to do. <laughs> to on the show. All right, honey. Well, the food was delicious. Um, thank you, HelloFresh. We decided to mix it up. You know, Chris works very hard during the day and he cooks for the show during the week and he still cooks for his family. So to maybe um, save some time, we thought maybe HelloFresh one or two days a week for our family would be great. But then we thought, let's just make it one time for the show. So, you know, we'll throw Yeah, some, we may throw a couple. Yeah, we'll throw a couple every now and then. All right, honey. Thank you again. It was delicious. You're welcome. Okay. Are you ready to jump back in the case? Yes. Let's do it. All right, so her first husband, Alex Tommy Wakasi, testified that he used a spoof phone number to reach out to Parker's boyfriend, Wade Griffin, to tell him there was no way Taylor Parker could be pregnant. Why? Because she had previously given birth to a daughter and a son um, at, during her first marriage and before her first marriage. But he tells him in this text message, she had a hysterectomy back in 2015. So she's not pregnant. She can't get pregnant. He tells her she's a con artist and is lying to keep you around. He never tells him who he is. Why? He uses Why? a fake phone. Wouldn't that be you know, more believable? I think because, okay, well, I don't know. I don't have an ex-husband, but I will tell you this. This guy found out about this pregnancy from his son who had just come home from the mom's from a visit. So he says, daddy, mommy's pregnant. That's what he says. And he's like, what? No. So I think from his own personal experience and, and, and maybe what he went through with this woman and even raising kids with her and, and maybe just knowing she's like, he was probably just trying to throw him a bone, but he maybe just didn't want to get involved. He didn't want her trying to take the kids or causing drama. I mean, you know, he, maybe he didn't want all that. He didn't want her to know that he was telling him the truth. 
But maybe like there's some man code where he just felt like I need to tell this guy the truth because he felt like by her lying and he even says this in the text messages, he tells him she's in so deep she can't get out. And I think he really believed that she would have done, she would do anything to keep this, like to keep this going. Almost like an obsession. she She clearly did. Yeah. And I think he was very concerned about this guy or what she might do to someone to get this baby. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I don't know. I give him credit. I mean, it came out in, in the trial that it was him, you know, um, he had to say it was him who sent those text messages, but he was trying to warn him. Um, he also tells him, Chris, that she's using sonograms from her old kids to prove the pregnancy. We talked about this, right? How do you do that with the date and time on those stamped pictures? But if you're showing them on the phone, which is what this, this, this is how she kind of covered things up. He would show her these text messages from the ex first husband, which he didn't know who that was, but she, he's like, I'm getting these messages. And he did say he tried to call this phone number back and it wouldn't work. Right. So He's showing her and and she's showing him things back like, well, here's here's my proof. Here's the emails, right? Here's the text messages. Here's the sonogram pictures. Here's the dated email. So he said whatever, whenever he approached her with this stuff, she always had to come back. She always had a way out. But that's what compulsive liars do. So I wish the spoof calls that I got from all the robocalls were uh, interesting bits of information, not just. I know, right? Stuff Ugh. about my auto warranty or whatever. Oh my, do you remember that time I told you I got, when I was doing an event, I got that phone call um, or that text message saying that my mom was in the hospital mm-hmm. and I was like, what? And it, I was a phone number I didn't recognize and I was setting up my booth and I called back and it was a lady and she was like, oh my God, wrong number. Can you believe that? That's, it's, I mean, just things like that. I was, I was my, ugh, my heart sank. I was like, what? Anyways, wrong yeah, number. Wrong number. That's a bad wrong number. Yeah, no kidding. All right. So, um, Chris, after he approaches her about these text messages, things coming from this number, that is when investigators say her internet search for things like videos of cesarean sections, um, out of the hospital, out of hospital birth protocols, um, you know, where pregnant women might gather. She's hunting for a victim. Mm -hmm. Um, and among other stuff that she was Googling around this this whole scheme. So a hog rancher that I mentioned earlier, it, he was a hog rancher, uh, testified that someone na- going by the name Taylor Griffin, so she took her first name and her boyfriend's last name and put them together, called him on September 22nd to arrange the sale of a trailer full of hogs for just over $6,000. Now, the reason he testified, he had to come and testify, was because he thought it was bullshit. He asked her questions about hogs, the rules, um, you know, uh, basically transfer of licensing and haul, and she had no idea what he was talking about, right? So he's like, this is a scam. I'm not falling for it. This person doesn't know anything about hog, hog trading, whatever they're doing. Um, so he, he didn't want anything to do with her. He says that she texts back on September 27th, claiming everything was arranged. And he's like, what are you talking about? I don't want this. Um, I'm not agreeing to this, right? 
All right. So then her second husband testifies and he says that he married Parker Parker shortly after her first divorce. He told the court he tried to tell Griffin's younger brother of the lies, but it didn't help. Griffin continued to believe her based on what he called verifiable texts and emails produced by Parker herself. Hmm. Sounds like these people all kind of know one another, too, in this small little town. It's small, right? Okay, so basically, Chris, what we see happening is here is you have a woman that is lying about her pregnancy. People know this woman. Um, They're trying to tell Griffin that she's a phony. His parents feel the same way. His sister, Parker's exes, all of them are trying to warn him. And then came time to produce a baby, Chris. But for nine months... She put this plan into action. And I think she had some, maybe at first she was more concerned about wearing the pregnancy suit because she buys one off the internet and wears it for the nine months or whenever she's starting to I show. I guess you never she saw her naked the entire time. You know, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know like how you get away with all of this. All right. October 5th, three days before the murder. And this is what Griffin's mom testifies to, Chris. She says three days before the murder, and a fire was set at Wade Griffin's house where he was living with Taylor Parker, um, completely knocking out the power. Taylor was set to be induced the following day, but a bomb threat was called into the hospital clinic where she was supposed to be. And Chris, since then, detectives have um, allegedly connected her to this bomb threat. Bomb threat. So crazy. On the morning of October 8th, detectives testified that Parker went to the area of Reagan Hancock's house and and sat outside for a significant period of time. She went over there later that evening to hang out with the expectant woman. This is the day before she kills her. On the day of the murder, October 9th, Griffin showed up at the hog farmer's property in Oklahoma. Chris, she sends the boyfriend with the truck, with the hogs to Oklahoma and showing her text messages of this guy agreeing to buy the hogs and truck when clearly there was no one. She had to get him like out, out, of, out, out, of, town. out of the way. Yeah, she had to commit murder and steal a baby. So she had to send him off. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is why she had him buy this Chris in the, in the beginning, it wasn't to like create a business or make a family. It oh, was clearly, yes. to, as it was part of her plan. Phone records, phone records and video catch Parker buying gas at six thirty five AM near Reagan's home and exchanged text messages with her between seven 22 and seven 52 that morning. Both women's phones left the Hancock house around 9.14 a.m. Reagan's phone, Chris, has never been recovered. I would really want to know what these text messages say. I want to know. They I, couldn't get into her phone? So, no, they no, they do, but they haven't released any information on no. that. I haven't found any information on what these actual. I'm sh- I know they have pulled phone records. I'm sure this probably was a part of this in court. Maybe, maybe not. But um, there's a timeline here. Her phone is pinging in the area. They know she's at the victim's home. Um, Reagan's husband testified that he got a series of strange messages from his wife's phone. Um, those ended at 830 that morning. He then gets a message from a neighbor or just an hour later that the couple's dog had like escaped out of the fence or the house. He tries calling his wife. She doesn't pick up. 
Um, so that's when he calls her mother and asks her to go over there and check on her because he's worried about her and he's on his way home. Mm-hmm. And it's just devastating. Witnesses said Parker was unable to carry a child after having that hysterectomy. And according to several witnesses, Chris, she offered them $100,000 to be a surrogate mother after her second divorce. Not with Wade Griffin, Mm -hmm. but like as a single person. Yeah. Uh, The medical examiner testified that Hancock was likely beaten with both ends of a claw hammer, um, as well as a mason jar of pink and blue sand from her own baby's gender reveal party, party. And then she was repeatedly stabbed. Um, I mentioned the the pregnant suit, um, faking this pregnancy for, yeah, for nine I months. I just don't know how somebody can do that. I don't that. know. I don't know. Um, and she was doing this while she was hunting for her victim. It's like the two of them were never in the same place together. I mean, I don't know how you could. I know. How you could hide that. Um, ironically, Chris, the authorities, and I mean, by the grace of God, I always say, you know what? The world, karma, I don't know, the universe, God, whatever you believe in, it has a way of, of helping and figuring things out when, when things are not right. Chris, she gets pulled over that morning. She is driving the car. In fact, she gets pulled over before the mother even finds her daughter. Um, she has a run-in. She, a, a Texas state trooper pulls her over into Calb, Texas at 9.37 a.m., Taylor Parker was the driver. Now, this is in court court reports. Taylor Parker was the driver and was holding a newborn infant in her lap. The umbilical cord was connected to the infant, which appeared to be coming out of the female's pants as if she had given birth. So weird. Like, who would have bought that? Well, she's covered in blood. Even so. So they believe her at first, right? Um, she's performing CPR on the baby when she gets pulled over. Um, and then obviously they call, you know, medical personnel and they take Parker and the baby to a hospital in Idabel, Oklahoma. Um, the chief, the police chief, he gets a call from the staff at this hospital, basically saying this woman has not given birth. She is covered in blood, but this blood is not hers. She did not give birth. Um, it's dried blood all over her, all over the baby. And Chris, they start examining her and, and they find out she was never pregnant. So they immediately tell police this. Unfortunately, the baby, um, Braxlin Sage Hancock, a baby girl, passed away. Mm. Um, all right. Well, now they know she hasn't given birth. So they're going to start questioning her. And she confesses pretty much from the beginning. Um, Well, sort of. She tells them she was in a physical altercation with Reagan. And that's when she abducted the unborn child. Parker admitted to leaving the residence of the assault after the abduction of the child. But she claims that she's still alive. Hancock was still alive when she left her. Mm-hmm. Um. Her boyfriend, Wade Griffin, um, told the authorities that Parker told him and others that she was pregnant. 
Griffin explained um, to me Parker was supposed to go to the hospital in Idabel and pre-register for labor to be induced for the birth of their child on 10-9-20. Griffin said he was scheduled to meet Parker at the hospital about lunchtime for the birth of their child. So, Chris, that's where she was on her way to Mm -hmm. when she was pulled over, and they ended up taking her there anyway. I mean, how crazy is this? I mean, yeah, this is a one for the ages, as they say. It's so bizarre. Um, Griffin even said they had a gender revol party for the celebration of their upcoming upcoming child. Um, Parker also admitted that the scalpel she used to um, the one that they found in her neck, that is, mm-hmm. she says that it's the only weapon um, to, uh, she used as far as like the cutting. So that's, I mean, she used that tool to, to cut her a hundred times and to cut a baby out. Mm-hmm. Um, according to testimony from the medical examiner, she sliced her lower abdomen open from one hip to the other, removed the uter- the uterus, sliced it open and removed both the child and the placenta. As I mentioned before, Chris, the defense called zero witnesses to help this defendant. Um, she did not take the stand. Instead, they got to see videos of her interviews. So they did get to see this woman speak about this. And they also get to see her start victim blaming. She says that she gets in a fight. She pushes her down. Um, but that she was so hurt in the altercation that she asked Taylor Parker to remove the baby from her body on the spot in order to save its life. So Taylor claimed she was only complying with, she's only complying with Reagan's wishes and that the woman was alive when she left. Um, So that, that tells us she cut her own throat and she was alive, Mm -hmm. right? That she's now saying, she probably she just killed herself because I, I, mean, I don't know, whatever. Um, Taylor had used um, to re- she used that scalpel to remove that child. Um, the doctor who treated Taylor in the hospital actually testified that the pain of a cesarean section with no anesthesia would be too excruciating for Reagan to even have remained still or conscious. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, I can't. She would have gone in shock. I mean, that's. Well, she may have been dead even before they did that, too. But no, because then the baby would would die. Right? The baby would have. However, I mean. Well, this is important. Who knows how smart she was to even consider that. So. Well, this is going to be whether she gets the death penalty or life in prison. And we'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, she also claimed that um, Griffin, her boyfriend, had no idea she wasn't pregnant and then admitted that Reagan's three-year-old witnessed the scene of her mother's death. So she did this in front of another child. Mm-hmm. Chris, I think this is about as bad as it gets. I mean, I don't know about you, but this is pretty, pretty terrible. Uh, this woman continues to blame the victim. She tells police she asked her to remove the baby and save its life, you know, not call 911 and get medical attention, but have you, Taylor Parker, remove it for her instead. Um, I'm glad they found her competent to stand trial, Chris. I think she is mentally off because you have to be to do this to another human being, in my opinion, but, but she's not crazy. 
Uh, they said competent to stand trial. This was well planned. The fake pregnancy suit she wore for these months, this enormous lie that she had to, she wanted to keep her boyfriend. Um, it's just crazy. As I mentioned earlier, Chris, closing arguments were today. And babe, there is breaking news. The jury, they moved quick today. After closing arguments, it took them less than one hour. This was before lunch. They got all this done before lunch. It took less than one hour to find Taylor Parker guilty of murder. So she is found guilty. Now, here's the deal, Chris. Guilty of murder. And then, remember, I said two capital murder charges and a kidnapping charge. Mm -hmm. Well, here's the big argument. And really, what the defense attorney, um, I'm sorry, what the prosecution really honed on and the defense attorney, the argument is, was the baby alive when removed from the mother? Yes. Okay. So they don't believe. So defense is saying, no, the baby could not have had survived being removed and, and you know, that the baby was probably deceased when she was pulled over in the car. Right. And then the other side is saying, um, no, that is a viable that is a child with a heartbeat being removed from a mother. It, ha it is, has a living heartbeat. And they do believe that the baby could have lived for at least 10 minutes mm -hmm. um, and after being removed. Now, this matters because kidnapping in the state of Texas, in order for it to be a kidnapping, they have to be alive. A person has to be alive in order to be charged with kidnapping. But if it's kidnapping and then it results in murder, then that puts the death penalty on the table. So at first, it was only going to be life in prison with the capital murder. But now, because there's a kidnapping charge along with that murder, the death penalty is now on the table. And that is what they're going to decide, Chris. Does she serve life or does she die? Yeah, that she's deservedly so probably deserves a little yeah. seat in the chair. Um, this is a horrible case. A woman with a three-year-old, a husband, a three-year-old who witnesses this, a husband who loved her, a mother who found her, and all of these first responders that had to witness this brutality, they'll never forget this. Um, it, it will always live with them. And in Reagan, Michelle Hancock's family, and what they have been through, um, I, you're right, Chris, I would not be shocked if she's given death. Oh, yeah. In this case. But here's the crazy thing. We see this in cases. We see the mother or the, or, or the woman who wants a baby, can't have a baby, so they find someone and they try to take the baby, right? Mm -hmm. um, but this woman had kids. She had two kids. She had previously given birth to two healthy children. She's a mother. She's been pregnant. She's held a child. She knows those feelings. And for her to still be able to do that to an expecting mother – I mean, that's where you just lose me. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. It's like you're totally, you don't even, it, you you have no empathy. You have no sympathy. You have, I mean, she's just, I don't know. I'm going to call her a psychopath. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not, a, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm sure they know. I'm sure they see what, see what it is. She's not crazy, but there's just, there's, it takes it takes, I don't even, some strange shit to be going on your head to be able to do this to another human being. I would agree with that. All right, hon. Well, that concludes this week's episode. We'll put pictures of this case on our Instagram and Facebook pages. That was a rough one, honey.
It was. All right. Well, um, all right. Well, let's let's talk about something um, a little happier. And that is we have tickets to give away. Yep, the giveaway. The giveaway. Um, thank you so much for um, Valley View, Texas and um, the Valley View Wine Walk and asking us to talk about that on our show and even give some tickets away. Two sets of tickets, Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, worth some really good money. A um, hundred bucks for two tickets wow. if you buy them online. And they're 60 a pop if you buy them out the door. So could be worth 120 bucks if you were just going to show up. Yeah, it's a good giveaway. All right. So brrr, baby, you want to do the drum roll? I, um, so friends, we recorded last night, which we were supposed to say these names last night. But we had some glitchy glitches um, in our show. So we decided to re-record. And I didn't want to like say the names yesterday, right? I could have posted it today, but I didn't because I wanted y'all to hear it first. Maybe you want to hear your name before I blow you up in your text messages saying you want. All right. I don't have a good drum roll. Oh, I do. (laughs) All right, Chris, our first winner, Tiffany Nelson. Congratulations, Tiffany. Tiffany, one set of tickets goes to you. And we've got a second winner. Our second winner is Kim Hardy. All right. Congratulations, Kim. Yay. Well, congratulations, ladies. Um, You are going to the Valley View Wine Walk October 15th. I will give you, I don't know, Chris, I'll give them a day or two to listen to the show. Maybe they want to hear their names. Yeah, before I reach out. See Um, if you have true listeners. (laughs) Yeah, see if they hear their name. I heard my name. I heard my name. Um, All right, ladies. Well, congratulations. And Cascabel Ranch Winery, thank you for so much for making great wine. We enjoyed your Moscato. Please, let's record soon. Um, and our friends in Valley View, Texas, thank you so much for letting us be a part of your Wine Walk giveaway. Absolutely. All right, honey. Until next time, stay safe, have fun, and cheers to next time, friends. Cheers. 